Welcome to Bag of the Rack, a gaming video cast about games long neglected and not respected. Games that everyone's heard of and hated or no one's heard of and loved. We play the games in between the essentials and the unwanted, but mostly we play what we want to on this podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, which we consider to be the optimal way to experience our content or listen to us in podcast form wherever podcasts are available. Make sure to like and comment on our videos and leave good reviews for podcast feeds. It helps us out and is the fuel that keeps this podcast going. We hope everyone watching and listening is doing great, and we thank you for joining us today. I'm Ben Dez, and with me as always is Sandy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I also want to remind everybody, if you're watching us on Spotify, you can watch this with the video. This is a new thing oh, yeah, for yeah. season two. I forgot to mention that last episode, too. You can watch this on Spotify for the video if you don't feel like going on YouTube, so... If you do go, yeah, but, I'm not promoting Spotify, but I mean, hey, that's <laughs> yeah, because I know, like, you know, I'm not sure if people listen to our podcast, like just the audio, or if they watch the video more. So, I mean, if you're on Spotify, if you have us on there now, you could just watch the video on there as well. Yeah, you don't so. have to have your phone all on the lock and. Make sure you don't put it in your pocket and fuck <laughs> up and be rewinding or texting. You can you can now switch straight to audio and be at the same exact spot and then switch to video when you want to watch it. Keep yourself on the swivel. Like uh, like we've said, it is the optimal way to watch this show because with the audio you don't get the the cool graphics. <laughs> you don't get the cool graphics and you don't get the gameplay cut. So exactly. you're kind of just in the blind as we're uh, describing terribly the the game that you know that we're that we're playing so like that explosion um, last episode probably just blew your eardrums out and then you were like yeah you had no context so just like what what happened what, which was that there we should be more mindful of <laughs> but yeah so how are you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm um enjoying this three-day weekend that we're having on martin luther king day and uh oh shit that's right that is today i completely forgot about it niggas uh (laughs) (laughs) that's one uh yeah i just i I beat a werewolf the apocalypse it's um it's very budget title it was actually i enjoyed i i really enjoyed that they didn't go out of their spectrum and that it was very like it was level to level there wasn't a huge skill tree. There wasn't really a lot in terms of like content. It was very straightforward of go in, sneak a little bit. If you get caught, turn into big werewolf, kill people. And the combat's really enjoyable and really fun. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to beat it in one sitting, but it was it was enjoyable. I liked it. It was Yeah, yep, it's, it's I'll always, probably make a video on it. It's nice to just have a game that you can that's easily digestible like and it's just quick you know like you don't need to oh this is another 40 hour game it's like no i could beat this in one sitting and feel accomplished like there we need those gradients within the games that we play like obviously you want a game that's like yeah this is meaty i want to fucking sink my teeth and, and complete all these objective objectives or all these quests and then the, the, the simpler games it's like okay here's a couple of little things i'd rather levels. have five 10 hour video games than one 50 hour video game and I would rephrase that. I, the way I explain that is more or less. If a seven hour, like we were explaining with the last, with today of emergency, where it's like, if it's enjoyable the entire way through, I wouldn't mind replaying the game, trying to beat my personal record, or if it's got a new game plus, trying to do this on a harder difficulty or something of the sorts like that. Not 
having to deal with the fact that like you know how hard it is to go back to a 50 hour game yeah absolutely yeah this is why like there's those games i just kind of pick up and play um but you know what? I, it's also weird because the way we treat games is like so expendable. Like when we were young, you would buy two games or something and then you'd that have to go back and play those. Yeah. So you had to like really enjoy them, go back and re replay them. So even if we're talking about, you know, a five to 10 hour game versus a 50 hour game, it's really how much you're like, want to spend in that world. Like, oh, I want to replay this now on hard. Oh, I want to maybe explore a little bit or I want to, try out this different character or something. So I think replay value is also important. I think I'd rather have, but I don't know. It's kind of weird because I don't replay games at all, which is why I'm saying like, I'm far more expendable with my games. You I would like to say, as I beat Sonic Adventure 2 three times last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say I don't replay games, but I don't do it often. Like there's not many games that you can go back to and replay and I be can... like, yeah, I can just go through this whole, like there's certain games, exactly. I feel you on that, where there's certain yeah. games where you, you replay them, and then your opinion on the game becomes jaded on the replay because you're like, ah, "This, this, how, why did I do this as a kid?" or some shit like that. I yeah. Feel you. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I think so about uh, like Persona. Persona Three. Yeah. Or the first. Oh, okay. Like just five in general because they gave away um, <laughs> Strikers for PlayStation Plus. Oh yeah, which I'm excited. And about, I was yeah. like, you know, I should probably go back and beat. Persona 5, and I was like, but if I go back, I should play Royal so I can understand what was going on, but wait, wait, did you, did you not beat Persona 5, the mm -hmm. base one? Did I, you play I got R to Royal? the part where that literally, like, the opening happened when he gets caught. I got to that part, and I stopped playing. Wow, when it gets good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, it's good now? I'm done. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, um... I, what's funny is that I notoriously I have like a hundred and twenty hours in that game, never beat it, and I cannot like force myself to go back. I also played that game. Oh, I got it on release, and I've played it like. I guess that's one game I've gone back to, just haven't beat or ran through it. Like I just go like there'll be a month where I'll play something new comes out, so then I'll I'll leave that and I'll jump back into Persona. The nice thing about Persona is that it has like the recap of each chapter and then also the buttons are always on the screen so you never like never you can not, just yeah. you always know what you're pressing and how to do things. The only thing is that you kind of create like these little quests in your mind like okay, yeah, you, you have to a hunt checklist. Down this, so yes, yeah, so like you know, you can fuse these personas to do this to beat this character. So there's that kind of stuff. I need to hang up but, with Anne on Monday and I need to hang up with her on Tuesday night so I can yeah. get this social link up. I get If you so go back like in the that. game, you'll be confused you hop in <laughs> yeah, 120 like, hours you're like who the fuck was i yeah. talking to which i did multiple times but like it's uh, it's just too much those dungeons that last dungeon um which uh, yeah it's just too much for me i mean i i spent 120 hours i might as well have beaten it <laughs> that's how i'll be feeling sometimes too where i get oh so God. close to the end where i'm like fuck it bro i beat it bro like <laughs> As far, as far as I'm concerned, I beat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll play it again, maybe. Not happening. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 really weird. But um, on today's topic, which is basically the PS2 title Choro Q, uh, do you? What's your familiarity with racing games? Because that's something we don't ever talk about. I know like, you're a you big. Know, I know you're a big racing stickler. Back in the day when we used to do the pickups, you used to always be like. 
here's a random ass racing game. It's like racing games is to you what rhythm games is to oh. me. <laughs> Where you're you like, know, I don't know. You know, that's such a apt uh, like analogy, but I don't I don't know if it's that accurate because I don't know. You're not you picking actually, up every little yeah. Yeah, you like rhythm games, and I can't say that I like racing games the way you like rhythm games. Like oh yeah, because no I'll way. play anything. I I just played yeah. like four rhythm games yesterday, and was just going through a shuffle of them all. Like oh yeah, this is cool. Oh yeah, this is cool. I like this. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I buy the have... peripherals. That's how bad I'll get. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like with music games, you have like a passion for it. I mean, you could probably have a whole fucking channel just on your love. Of, but like racing games, to me, I, I I don't know. They're just one of the. I'm not good at them. Like I I'm not like a. <laughs> racing sim kind of person you know like i don't play like gta or uh, not gta um forza yeah forza or gran turismo gt yeah and i mean those games are cool but like i i'm not that into it but i've always just been into like cars at a very visual level you know so like, like a, when it gets to the when like it gets a to midnight club yeah yeah something like that like a midnight club those are cool games and i really enjoy them but with this specific series it's hit it hits a lot of points that i think i'm really into but um i'm trying to think of racing games that i'm like oh yeah like that's the weird part about racing games like in general like compared to other genres like if you say what's your favorite rpg you can name it just like that but like racing games you can't really say like oh yeah uh Need for Speed Underground 2 is my favorite racing game and just off the top of your head because then you think of other racing games like, that one was yeah. pretty cool too like they're it's such a weird genre because everybody's played them and everybody loves them but nobody plays them <laughs> <laughs> at the same time um, I think I do have a favorite racing game I have a couple, like, I, I could definitely list them, so I'm definitely more, like, I like them enough where I have a couple, like, Split Second on the PS3. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I really enjoyed that one, because it's just, like, so ridiculous and, like, action-heavy. So <laughs> yeah, I love, like, I love that, and then, I'll, I mean, well, this is one of my favorite racing games, technically, Choro Q. Um, uh, Road Trip, though, is kind of the same so maybe i'd put that in that camp but there is a i think i like driving cars is the thing so when it's racing it's like becomes more competitive and i'm like eh, it's fine i still get to drive a car but like driving trucks and stuff like that that's why uh the game which we should probably do a back of like digital on <clears throat> the game american wilds oh snow runner Mud Runner. Mud Runner? <laughs> oh, Mud Runner. Yeah. So, American Wilds is the DLC to Mud Runner. But then there's also. It used to be a PC game or something called Spin Tires. And yes. the one I played is Mud Runner, and that's on the PS4. And then they have like a sequel, which is called Snow Runner, which I have not played. But. Um, yeah. So Mud Runner, though? Like it's a car game, but like it's take your time. It's like not competitive, really. It's more. It's like a puzzle game with a car, where it's like it's maneuver. it's so relaxing, and it's just like so like just hearing the the tire, um, like in the mud, hit yeah, hit the dirt and shit, like the crunching of twigs. It's so like sonically pleasing, and also it 
the physics of that game are really good. The mud, the way it tracks on the tire, and it's just this like you're driving on these trucks and they have weight to them, and it's 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 so good. Like we had to play it. I, I think you would like it. It's not too hard. Yeah. I think once you kind of get the groove of PlayStation it, Plus, right? I actually don't know. Um, if they did, I fucking missed it. But I, I have it. Or maybe I, I have it. it on Steam. Maybe that's one of those weird games that I just have on Steam that I don't know how I got. Because I, yeah. I, I do remember seeing that game <clears throat> a lot, and I might be because I was scrolling through my library of Steam games. Like, not that one. I'll play that one. <laughs> it's, it's one of the only games that I feel like really. Like, oh, you're a guy because you like this Because, <laughs> I don't know, like, it, to to think of it in terms of, like, and this is a, um, a good thing to talk about for Chorikyu as well, just because, like, there's games, like, let's say Persona 5, like, that immediately you get a sense of that kind of person and their visual taste. Like, oh, you like a game like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that really... So something like Neptunia... <laughs> like you kind of get like, oh, what the fuck, you you gay nigga, <laughs> <laughs> or like you kind of just get like, or I'm trying to think of games that look like maybe girly. Like I'm just trying to think of like the best way to approach this because I don't want to step on too many toes. Singing so, like, Kagura is a good one where you're oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but the visual style, it's like girly. It's like uh, more feminine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a like if you. Pl- like, you're not going to be caught playing Bratz, you know? Like, as a guy, hey, you, you would play it, back, but it's bro. like... Those Bratz games on GameCube are actually really fun, bro. Don't... I know. I know I have them. I, I have them. But what I'm saying... <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, Mudrunner has the visual style where it's just like... That's a that's a dude's game. That's like, like a... You know? It's like yeah. Hooters the game, but it's just like, just trucks. I'm driving trucks in the mud. That's not. You can't get more like, like that's Dude, a guy. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. You know I have I mean? a friend that he's now a real truck driver because he really enjoyed playing American Truck Simulator. Like he bought, we bought it as a joke. We play, played through it. We were playing it like on like there's like multiplayer and there's like servers and you can drive around trucks together and be like hey do 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 do, and yeah. he actually loved it so much that he started modding for the game. And started putting people's actual trucks into the game and like making like the side panels and the designs and decals and stuff. He would just play it all day, racing wheel and everything, just driving a truck. And now he actually drives a truck. Damn, what a way to find that's the power of games, ladies. That's and the power of games and racing <clears throat> games in general. <laughs> <laughs> I played Persona 5 so much. That I decided to go back to high school <laughs> and gather <laughs> and gather some of my friends and try and, and steal uh, people's hearts and steal people's hearts. All right. <laughs> so now, now I'm a high school detective. I guess is what they are, kind of. Um, yeah. So to announce our game again, it's Chorokyu. <laughs> Oh, 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 
let's talk about some of the little details, the facts about the game. So, uh, this game was actually a little bit confusing because this series is so... It seems like it's a modular series for the company um, Takara, which is... They own the IP of Chorokube, but they've sort of handled... They've given it to so many different people, and it's been on so many different platforms, this series, that it's sort of hard to pin down who was doing what at any given point. And there's been a lot of releases that haven't been released overseas. And even the covers for them are different from the Japanese versions. So there's a... So, like, the Seek and Destroy one looks... Like a that game looks like a generic war war sim or something, yeah. But it's a combat (laughs) version of this game of this series. Yeah, there's a boat spinoff. There's a plane spinoff. There's a strategy tactics spinoff game on the DS. There's a one because these are based on an actual toy. Because Takara, they've also made these, they're they're the pinback toys, the cars that you grab and you pull them back and then you watch them go. They, this is what the Chorro Qs are. And they've also made Blade Blades. And there was a Game Boy game, I believe, where it's the actual toys and you have to pull them back and have a race. And that's your turn trying to bounce them off the wall and see how far you can go and a limited number of times you can pull back the car. They just get weird. The same with, wait, didn't you say that they also made Transformers? Yes, and they were the original creators of Transformers as well. So, like, this is news to me, and it's also, like, um, I mean, this company's pretty big, or at least has enough industry clout to have Transformers, Beyblade, and maybe to less popularity, you know, Q. This version was published by Atlas which is like the only Atlas published Choro Q, which is interesting. And this was what released in the fall, the, the fall of 2004, yeah. which held, how, how old were you in 2004? In 2004, I was seven. Holy shit. <laughs> you were seven. Okay. So if you were seven, I must've been, I was 12, seven and 12. Those are very, like psychologically speaking, our minds are still developing. Yeah, you know our whole our, our my tastes at that point are sort of like being mostly developed. Yeah, and then yours, you don't even have any taste. You're just taking I was whatever. Playing, and then yeah, midnight club <laughs> and basketball. Like I was. What the fuck, yeah, you were you were still very influ- influenced by others at that age. Where it's like, yeah, I want to. Yeah, my cousin's doing this. Yeah, my, my daddy's doing that. I didn't have a dad, so. But, <laughs> happy mlk day but uh (laughs) so yeah like that that year 2004 was also a pretty big year for ps2 um which this is what we played on and this is what the game was released for ps2 there was like a revolution with graphics and how things looked there's a lot of more serious games too coming out as games kind of moved from like the more like oh this is just for kind of kids and like more people start to own ps2 so the audience the palette of games was being um increased and there was like more serious games Uh, i can't think of any right now but like god of war i think if you have a ps2 catalog you sort of know that there is a chances are it probably came out in 2004 one of your favorite playstation 2 games right 
Yeah, with with Choro Q, this this specific game feels like it should have been released in the nineties. <laughs> so uh I just feel like two thousand four is an interesting time uh for a game like this to be released because of its its look. It's I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it sort of looks like a game that would have been released in the nineties, given like its color palette and also it's a budget title, but We'll we'll sort of get into the presentation. Do you have anything else to say about like the developers or the weird part about this game is this is the sixth game to be released in America, but it's also the fourth game in the Choro Q series. Yeah. Like in America, you mentioned it earlier. It goes by Road Trip. Either goes by Road Trip, Penny Racers, Seek gadget and Destroy racers. for the Tech, or Gadget Racers. It's it gets so much of a toss up that you're like, I don't know what, like you, like you were saying how you picked a road trip and then you pick up Choroku and you're like, Oh, these are the same game, like yeah. same series. But like me, I never would have picked a road trip. I would have been like, what the hell? Get that, get that ugly stuff out of here. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It looks, that cover for road trip looks terrible. And I think that the marketing team might've had trouble. And I think this was the case for a lot of PS2 games um, or just games originally like there's videos on youtube that sh- that show i guess game covers versus their counterparts in japan and america so like the covers for things were very different um especially if it was like you know produced or developed in japan the cover would typically be different for america and also like europe and stuff like that but the differences were vast so i think the marketing team had trouble marketing this game and so this is why you get this is why you get the drop of the of like the Choro Q and like oh just seek and destroy or road trip and then the covers look so different, you know like if you were at a store and saw both road trip and and um, and seek and destroy you would not think that they're gonna play be similarly related, or, or even sequels. look yeah but then when you pop them in they look like the same thing they they just look like they're ba- built on the same engine they have the same visual style there's like a chibi tank. Or like you know, chibi car, same aesthetic, um, same yeah, same color palette, loop, essentially. Yeah. <clears throat> so it is interesting that like the marketing team was like, okay, we need to f- make this tank one look more Americanized, and then road trip also <laughs> that cover's so ugly. Road trip <laughs> Lisa looked like some. I don't, I don't even know, know what the name like. is of the damn game because it's so much shit on the cover. It's so <clears throat> weird. Like, is it road it's trip really. adventures? Is it road trip? Everybody road trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really ugly for sure. Um, so I think with Choroku being the latest or one of the last games um, that was released by them, I think second to last. I think they were like, all right, fuck it, let's just do Choroku. Let's just put our let's just put the name and we'll use the same Japanese cover. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that this game sold too too greatly. Especially um, because it was sold at twenty dollars day one. Twenty dollars, was it? I thought yeah. it was yeah. Um that weird page uh, in the game in the gaming magazine that I found that had Second Sight and Choroku. <laughs> It said it was for twenty dollars, and like Second Sight was like forty nine ninety nine or something like that. And I was like, "Hmm, that's interesting." Just to see the stark price difference, and also for both the second games of each season. Yeah, I mean, it's a budget t- title for sure, and I sort of like what you put on here. 
which is oddly no anime based off this property. Bro, this feels like this should have like a little anime with like like a Saturday yeah, like, morning cartoon on Nickelodeon or some shit. Or like an OVA or something, just like a one-off. Yeah. You know? Like, you know the cool Hot Wheels? If... Do you remember those shows? Like the Hot Wheels shows that used to come on? No. Hot Wheels shows? Or was it Hot Wheels or was it Transformers? It was one of those where like all they <laughs> fucking did was drive. And I, I want to say it was Hot Wheels. I pray to God it was Hot Wheels. But I want to say it was like Hot Wheels and they would just fucking race all day. And they would like fight other people and be like, do like car combat, like car food and shit. It was it was mad weird, but I feel like Choroku should have had an anime just like this. Also seeing as the other two series that Takara's made that was really popular here, like Beyblade and Duel Masters. Well, for the time, it was cool at the time, Duel Masters. They had animes, you know what I mean? They had Saturday morning cartoons. Like I still sometimes like turn on the TV and see Beyblade, whatever the new Beyblade is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Taroku <laughs> <laughs> could have had one where the kids they throw their cars and then they have like a big ass racetrack and they're like go nah, nah, nah. and then it summons a fucking dragon and eats the other car and knocks it off and it goes whoa like hire me <laughs> <laughs> Koei, nah. yeah you'll be working for Koei and, and uh, Takara <laughs> speaking of Koei I've you know what I'm gonna say it hmm. this is the racing version of Muso games what <laughs> explain i want to hear explain. your explanation okay here we go because it's a lot of games in a series with small incremental changes in between each game and then okay so you're talking about like the the, the structure the, of not the actual game the but like okay, the structure okay. of how they instead of like i'm trying to think of like other sequels i tried to turn around with a green screen behind me i'm stupid as fuck <laughs> <laughs> like okay resident evil here we go resident evil okay. like one through three kind of the same thing but then four it's like a huge leap in like technology changes the camera angles changes the entire gameplay flow how things move but it still feels like resident evil and felt like a natural progression of the series you know what i'm saying or like this game doesn't, I mean, from what I've seen from the other games, watching footage of them, they all seem like they are this game, but just with small differences in between each one. Like, this one might handle different. This one adds these different mechanics, like spinning out and stuff like that. Like how Dynasty Warriors would do, where it's like, still the same thing. We're just going to add some more characters, add some right. more movesets, add a couple different little features to make it a little bit different this time. And then we'll remove it next game and add some different features and take and just piecemeal them all together. That's how I feel with these games as well, too. But I haven't played all the games and half of them aren't even in America. So, yeah, I could see why. I can see the comparison for sure in in terms of how the company is handling its franchise for sure. <clears throat> I, I could absolutely see the that uh, that correlation. What's I think what's interesting about just Choro Q and the whole like Japanese stuff. Um, like usually in this part of the podcast, we will talk about the developers um, who developed it, but like specific members, maybe like who directed it and maybe who produced it, people who did the art. You know, we usually touch on it a little bit. Now, at least we try to, but. There's like no information about these games at all. 
or the like, developers. Yeah, and and if there is, it's like a different developer that you like, like you can't say that. Oh well, you know, we found that Road Trip is developed by E or what was it E Engine or e Games or e, some e shit. Games, and they have a different team, so I can't like assume that it's the same team because it's a different developer for this game. So it was really hard to find who it was that directed it. Uh, I wanted to know who did like the art design. Um, I wanted to know who did the racing. <laughs> I made a joke. <laughs> I, made a joke I really to... believe that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke to Sandy about. I was like, "Yeah, did you know that um, the guy from Gran Turismo did the racing or something? <laughs> something like super vague, where I thought like you would be more skeptical, but you're like, yeah, it's no wonder. I mean, it feels." <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like, that makes sense why it's ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man. Yeah. But so we couldn't find much on it. So let's let's sort of just talk about like what like give me your or your your overview, your overall thoughts on on this game. And then we can sort of go into the usual, which is presentation, story, and gameplay. Yeah, I was gonna say that I felt the more I played this game, the more it lost its magic. I, I wrote that literally with pen and paper with my notes with this game. And it's not a bad thing necessarily. It might just be because of the, I don't want to say the structure of how we do this podcast, but because this game is not a, it's not a marathon or a sprint. It's a, wait, what's the, what the fuck is the analogy? It's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. What? What? Yeah. The f- yeah. That's that's the analogy. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But listen. Okay. This isn't a game that you would play for long periods of times. This is a game that you would play maybe a race or two, or you would just play like a literal month in the game. Save it. Turn it off. Go about your day. Because the more you play, and the more you like. I felt myself like as a kid, I would probably play the fuck out of this game. I'll be like, yeah, I got to go here. I found this cool thing. Like if I had a friend that would play it, I'd be like, yo, dude, did you get the devil wings? Do you know what to fuse it with? That's so cool. Like looking up guides and stuff like it would be cool. But because I have I want to beat this game. Like, I like the charm of it all. I like the aesthetic. I like this music. I like the art style. I like the tracks. I thought the tracks were probably the best part of the game. I like the events, certain events, because for inanimate object cars, you know what I mean? It's hard to feel emotion, especially with the presentation of how it is. You kind of just drive into somebody's house and go, hey, and they just tell you their life story. Yeah, there's no, like, facial expressions, essentially, because they're cars. Yeah, but there's certain events that it can make you feel and make you emote and go, whoa. Or there was one event where, for example, where you go to a cake shop and this lady's like, hey, this is the delivery. Deliver it to this guy. Say it's from Sandy, I guess her name is. I forgot the name. And you deliver it to the guy and the guy's like, quit fucking playing. She's been dead for 10 years. She didn't deliver this cake. And then you come back and you're like, no, 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 no. There's a note of attached to it, and like I guess she pre-bought a cake for their his, their ten year relationship anniversary, but she died, and so she gave him the cake to like remind him 
of the anniversary, but also to be like, I hope you're a good racer now. And then he becomes an actual racer in the races later on because he's like, you know what? I did give up on my dream, but not anymore. I'm going to do it. And you're like, I was like, wow, that's really thoughtful. I like that. <laughs> well, it's uh, that's more of a product of it being uh, a good, like, it's good, writing. good writing. And yeah. it's compelling. And so, like, you sort of, you don't, it's like when you read a book, there's no actual expressions unless otherwise, like, it says, oh, Cindy looked quizzical at this yeah. or something. Yeah. The but like, quizzical. Yeah. Like, you're just like reading it and you're yeah. just like, okay, like, this is like the more it's engaged and you build it in your mind. And I feel like that's where you insert, like, oh, this is how this character would feel or like, oh, that is a little melancholic or. Yeah. And, like, I guess. <clears throat> Just to put this, I guess, bluntly, is that the more I played this game, the more analytical I got because of the systems not meshing together with the loop that they tried to present for the game. Like the gameplay loop of you race, get money, buy upgrades, race some more is a really fun system along with the extra branching trees of events the town, part-time jobs, crafting, but all this stuff is not, I don't want to say properly executed, but could have been executed better to amplify the rest of the game, to make me excited. Because after a certain point, the excitement of, oh, I wonder what this race is going to be, or I wonder what this upgrade is going to do for me if I do this race again, kind of fades away. And I'm just like, Got to do this again. You know what I mean? That's my feelings on this game. So you had no prior experience with this game. At right? all. Like until I okay. put it in for this podcast. Okay, so I'm pretty sure I played... Because we usually will talk about like our experience with a game if we've played it you know, when we're younger. So I actually played this game when I was younger. Um, and I have... I would say a... Probably nostalgic bias towards it, for sure. But not so much this particular game, more Road Trip. Because uh, I played those two kind of back to back, not knowing even that they were related, but, you know, just figuring out later on. But yeah, I played this when I was, I want to say a freshman. <clears throat> I played it later. So I was a freshman in 2006. So two years later. And I remember... This was a time where I played a lot of these games that sort of where my tastes started to develop and I was like getting more into gaming and I I was more able to like comprehend games and like pay attention to them. And yeah, I remember late at night, I went to my bookstore, um, my not my bookstore, game store called Bookman's, like, by the way. How do they get um, store? <laughs> they... Yeah, the game store that I would frequent has both books and games, um, and it's a massive store. So I'd go there, and I remember picking this up, taking it home, and I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? Okay, whatever. Pop it. And it was cheap. And it was like 10 15 bucks or something when I first picked it up. And you could probably pick it up for the same price now. Yeah, so I popped it in, and I'm like, okay, uh, story. And story in racing games, I'm like, that's probably just like Grand Prix. Like, yeah. I'm not, ex- you know? I'm like, okay, what like so I remember a lot of the games I chose had to be usually had to have some sort of multiplayer component because I had like, you know, younger siblings 
So I was like, okay, well, this has, you know, two-player racing, whatever. We'll we'll play this. So I remember my cousin was over, and then, you know, we played it. I was like, oh, okay, cool, like little cars, you know. there's You can play all the mini-games um, that are in the actual sto- um, in the story mode. But, again, that mode was not in my mind at all. I didn't even – I was probably going to return the game. And, uh, you know, like after my – you know, cousin left and I'm alone there with the game. I'm like, uh, all right, let's see what the story mode is real quick. You know, just, you know, just fuck with it. And then you're presented with the whole story about these little cards. <laughs> Immediately <laughs> this, you go. Like a whole lore. Fuck. Yeah. Like it even opens up and you like get to choose your car, uh, your starter car, and then you have a house. So it's like already really charming and very like, it's, it's like that rug. I don't know if you remember that rug as a nineties kid. It was like a rug. And as, and then it was basically a town, and it had like streets, but it was like oh, a rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah, you yeah. would run your yeah, you would like as a little kid, you would like use your cars and like fucking just pretend like oh, this is the fire. I would station. use my fingers. <laughs> you would walk. Oh, walk! I just walk my fingers on it. <laughs> but yeah, like I I played. That was one of my favorite things to do as a little kid. Um, my love of like that kind of stuff came from those situations where I was like, oh, this is cute little town and your little car. And so anyways, this game filled that imagination, but not, you know, like in a video game, I don't know if that's their intention, but from the way that the towns are designed, uh, which is like very like rectangular and just like straight, like across streets, it's like not super inventive in any way. It's p- pretty basic. It makes me feel like maybe their intention was to have that like little car racing through the streets and you're like, you know, controlling it, especially with the top down view that you have. And it does make sense when you think about as they are the actual cars that you would put on one of those mats and like just go. Exactly. Yeah. So I remember just like being really infatuated with that. I was like, wow. And like the music, it has a very, I would call like a Japanese nostalgic aesthetic to it like it's a very warm and not just like not in color but it's like a very soft sort of palette to it you know you have a lot of like warm and soft colors that i think make it almost feel like a baby game <laughs> like if you look at it from far away like if you're like an adult and you walk in and you're seeing someone navigating through these menus you'd be like, you'd be like what the fuck bro? is a game for kids what is this <laughs> what is this pussy <laughs> so yeah and that's kind of why i was talking about earlier like you know with mudrunner where it's like oh that's a man's man game you're playing like it's probably like deep and complex well this game is deceptively deep um whereas in like you know i thought it was just going to be like a mini game kind of racer with these little cars but you get to build your car essentially and modify it to an extent that i wouldn't think um most kids would want like it's it's far more complex for sure in that aspect and then there's the aspect of the story which i can't really recall what it is because it was so sparse but there's like an old racer and he's like you know we need like a hero in the streets essentially we need you to get in there racing really big in the streets yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh he's you know you go talk to him and he like gives you well, I'll just summarize here, you know, for this part. But um, yeah, like he gives you quests and stuff and you go do them. And it's somewhat obtuse in the way where, you know, like you were saying, Sandy, where it's not clear what needs to be done next. And it's not clear 
what important event needs to be triggered in order to progress the entire story. Um, but your there's a lot of exploration and a lot of a lot of your own personal inquisitiveness sort of comes into play because you being as inquisitive as you are, you and probably a completionist, you went inside every house to Ten figure times. out what to do next. Yeah, I, I didn't into, even. I would literally go into a house, see if something happened, leave go right back in and just do that 10 times until something fucking happened. And if nothing happened after like five or 10 times, I'd be like, all right, next house. That's how much I went into there until I figured shit out. I think what really makes this game great to me or makes me so positive on it is like the ex sort of all of the, uh, all my expectations sort of being shattered you know, and just like it being far more deep, far more complex, far more charming um, than it has any right to be given that for one, it was a cheap ass game. And even at full price, it was 20 bucks, yeah. you know, and yeah, I, I think that alone, I like it has a lot of problems in terms of physics. The graphics aren't that great, you know, for a 2004 PS2 title, like it could probably be a little bit better for sure. but. Uh, it does so many things like uniquely that I feel like it still stands on its own and and comes into its own in a lot of ways. And it was very refreshing when you play it through. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like very like this is a racer that appeal. It's it's just surprising to me that there's not more of these types of games, and that sort of goes into one of the central questions that we wrote about, which is um, were Japanese games more willing to experiment? with open-ended design and not even just open-ended design but like mixing a racer like a what looks like a party racer with like a rpg full-fledged full-fledged like giving quests like some some of the mini games really put it over the top because it could have just been racing for everything but they did like oh here's this haunted house mini game firefight go back in time if you go around this fountain like you can you did you do that? Did you go back? Okay, in time? I just wanted to make sure you did that shit too because that shit was cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was so. <laughs> it was, was like so cool. what and like uh, doing little side jobs. Like there's so much there. There was so much this game at that time that I think was was so innovative and you didn't see in racing games. That I feel like this this is one of the many innovative PS2 titles that just kind of get gets swept under the rug or whatever and and i think maybe it's because of its sort of kid style like his uh kid not kiddish that's not even a word like it's sort of adolescent looking style like a fisher price gran turismo <laughs> you know what i mean like uh yeah this feels like it should have its own uh stardew valley like fan game that somebody made that includes all the quality of life features that we beg for but never get in the harvest moon game how that stardew valley did that some i feel like this game should have one of those on steam already yeah it should i'm surprised it like it doesn't have any game yeah like a game inspired by because you were pointing out that it has a lot of um not stardew valley uh harvest moon harvest moon in it it has a lot of that, which is another like Japanese was a Natsume. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sort of has a lot, a lot of those sensibilities um, because you know it has that 
somewhat obsession with like, oh, each month you have to do something. So each month you come back to do a job. Each month you do a couple races. These um, events only happen in this month. This yeah. So which is very like what is it? Horizon Harvest Harvest Moon. It's a story. I, a story of seasons now because <laughs> they don't have the rights to harvest their own fucking name anymore. I don't know. This shit story is weird. of seasons. It's well, ever since Stardew Valley came out, they've been trying to copy Stardew Valley and it's been like horrible. So weird. <laughs> it's it's really weird. Like they've just gone down. Just play Rune Factory. Those it's those like are Animal the, Crossing too. Animal Crossing kind of has like a s- similar like you know, you're talking to you're in like a village but, but this is like a city and you have like ev- everybody's a character, you know. But Yeah. Let yeah, let's get into let's move into presentation and sort of break down like the graphics and menus and all the that jazzy wazzy. Yeah. I see where we get our uh, our aesthetic from. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't notice, the whole back of the rack aesthetic was was a sort of a cross between like a lot of PC ninety eight anime games and uh, like fighting game character select menus and uh, this game. I would say like the whole aesthetic that we have, like with the yellow and or, or green for this season, scrolling background and stuff like that, came from like that. Because I thought it was no it's, one seems to have anything like that. So it's fucking cool, bro. Like I love so the I aesthetic of this game. I love. I think the best part about this game is how intricate and how <clears throat> different all the tracks are. You'll be racing on a full NASCAR track one race. And then the very next race, you'll be racing on top of a dinosaur with earthquakes happening. And then this one's out of space. This one, you're actually a little baby car on like in a house and stuff like like the way that they differentiate each island and how their themes and having to have different gear for each track. I thought that was really interesting. And I that was the main highlight for me where I was like, wow, this is this is really good. I like this. Yeah. Did you have a favorite track? My favorite track. <laughs> oh lord! I, I would. I can't remember some of the names, but yeah, the tracks. Like, I would say Planet Jump because I do vividly remember that one. Because you have to do an event to even unlock Planet Jump to appear in the Grand Prix. And then when I saw it in the Grand Prix, I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." Uh, I see. I didn't. I didn't play Planet Jump in the Grand Prix. I think I just played it in the Fighters Cup or one of those cups. One of those like generic cups, right? Yeah, one of like the early cups, and it was so difficult. Yeah, I mean the low gravity and this game's strong suit isn't physics. Unfortunately, um, I feel like if it did have good physics, it'd be it elevate the game, but it'd be. That's, It'd be too powerful. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> it, yeah, it would be honestly. But yeah, the track. I think you're right to say that the tracks are a standout. Like they were all very unique. As as like a, I guess kart racers typically have very fun and like unique tracks. racetracks. Yeah, like um, you know Mario Kart or uh, the Chocobo racing games or Crash, Crash Team Racing. Yeah, like uh-huh. yeah, like. Like, there's games that, like, they need, like, that silly, like, oh, um, you we're fly at a carnival. And yeah. <laughs> jump through some whoops, go underwater. Exactly. And, yeah, the tracks are 
super charming, super fun, and the the tracks were also some of your competition, I would put it. Because, you know, the tracks, they were off-road or it might be raining. So you had to, like, sort of get familiar with the tracks so that way you build your your car around it. And, and this game, is you can't just drive normal. Like, I don't want to say drive normal. but you In racing games, a lot of the times, you just hold X or R2 or whatever the gas button yeah. is until you finish the race. But this game, you have to actually stop. That I actually do turns and like spin. And I like the the feeling, even though I hate it when it happens, but of fucking up a turn and going and <laughs> crashing, like, or going too fast into a turn and spinning out. Like, I really like that. That's that feeling that it brings. I'm losing to you. control. <laughs> but I hate when people decide I'm going to be an asshole and get right in front of you and then break. <laughs> Yeah, there was some pretty aggressive AI. So back to like the more visual aspect of it. When you're racing and like the way it indicates that you're speeding up with like the little like I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, but like, you know, when you like, like get past six feet and it goes. Yeah, like there's like a little like effect, a very anime effect on the car that like shows that you're going faster. Like little details like that really like just made it more. Uh, then it they didn't, they didn't have need to, to do, do all that. Yeah, yeah. Like, there were so many like little details. Where I'm like, for a budget, like why would they had love obviously for like what they were doing in this, or like um, the racers when like you pass them and then they have like their little quips like, uh, uh-uh, you're not yeah. beating me, you're just getting lucky. <laughs> cool shit yeah. like that is. It gives yeah. you a little more prime to be like I'm racing and they're not just like nameless cars. Yeah, and it's like delivered in like a JRPG text bubble. You know, like, it's just like, oh, hey, yeah, you stay behind me and like things like that. So it's I mean, just visually, like that kind of stuff is striking and it sets it apart from other racing games. Um, I think a criticism I have, though, visually is with the towns all feeling the same. Yes, I can Um, agree with that. I think it would have been cool, like the like the racing islands, like to just go to those and there'd be a town on each one of those islands. That, I, I was going to say that as well, too, as opposed to just three random towns that don't really correlate yeah. between each other. And even then, I think the presentation of having to get out your car, listen to <laughs> drive to another spot, wait for a loading screen, just for them to tell you, what the fuck are you doing here? Get out. And then here. It can yeah. it can get really annoying after a while, right? Yeah, for for anyone wondering how this how this all works, so you're dropped into a town. You you get to pick your little house, and it's like a red, blue, red, pink, or yellow, green, green, pink, blue, green, blue. pink, yeah, something like that. You get to pick the house, and they all look the same. It's just like your save slot, but it's like you know another little like charm that they're like, oh, what if we did this for this, and it's just. It gives it a little bit more character. So you pick your house and then you're in this like sort of I guess it's your garage is what they call it. They don't call it your house. And you're basically, you know, you have all the options and all the options are laid out on these little cube tiles that spin when you select them. So they have like this little animation, which is also like they could have just done like a flat uh, panel. Like how they do in the pause menu. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. but they added more character to that. And then your little cars on the side. So like 
you can always see what your car looks like. Um, and then you have um, the exit button. And when you go out into the town, you hear the same theme all the time. And it starts out very annoyingly. <laughs> and it's also, you can't lower the volume of the music. Yeah, which at makes first it it's even cute. Worse. It's like, din, 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 din. and you just walk out and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll just drive a little bit. Yeah. But after we spent every 50 time hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after a while, it gets a little uh, grating for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's three towns. There's the first one uh, called Bracky Town. The second one is uh, po- Pokey Town. And then the Pocky, third one is Pokey. And the, and then the third one is Nyaki, something like that. Yes, um, and, and they all kind of have like a different visual flair. Like the first one is like a your standard, like yeah, starter clean, town. Yeah, like palette town from Pokemon. Like it's very right. clean. It's it's fun. I like it. I like the town. And then you go to the next town. And it's basically the same thing, but dirtier and like run down. Like the streets and the the asphalt. The grass is yellow cracks. or like an orangish yellow. Yeah, houses have like uh you know more textured uh, graffiti like, on them. Yeah. There you go. Um and then the third town has also a little bit of character too. It's seems like the city is set on on a river or something, on a body of water because all the houses are elevated above a, like a, a of like like water. So it's like the entire town is like a bridge, but like I don't all know how you explain like, it. Like a bridge yeah, like, turns. Yeah, so it's um that one's interesting, and that's probably like the most boring. I don't want that's no. the my least favorite town because you would have to drive through the other two towns to get to that town to do something, and it's like <laughs> if I'm coming yeah. here, it better be worth it. I do, however, like the little fla- like the when flare you're going from one town to another, it the like little tunnel shows one. you. Yeah, <laughs> there's little stuff like that. I'm like, oh, cool. When they could just fade it to black, and then it's a budget title, but they did they did more. And I feel yeah. like it really sh- shows. Um, yeah. Uh, and then more on point would be the cars, because that's like what you see most of. And that's they're in this like chibi style. Like these are ch- like tiny cars. Like they're just like, you know, but you have like your BMW uh, like body kits and your Nissans and. And even old cars and like cars you've probably never seen. And um, they can get European a little bit weird. Cars. Like you can get a stove, you can get bulldozers, and yeah, a, you can get. I, flying, I think I unlocked like, like a bear, like a panda bear. Like it's a panda. Like yeah, I unlocked so, like a jet, but it was on wheels. That was like <laughs> my go-to car was the jet. It was so weird. That's cool. I, I hope you show gameplay of that. That's cool. I didn't OBA. get that one. But uh, yeah, I think I just used like this. Um, would look like a Mazda RX uh, hatchback or something. It looked, it was cool. And I was like, ooh, I'm using this one. But I definitely, like, like I've said in some other videos, I like vans, like little like them blocks. short Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like those blocks. I like them blocks. I like um, the tires. The tires, when you go to off road and they're big as shit, they're like monster yeah. truck tires. And you're like, oh. yeah. Yeah. So, like, a lot of fun visual designs, all the cool little things you could put on your car. You know, I didn't try as many as I wanted to because one, they were expensive, and I was like, I can't, you know, I, I need really to spend money on I need to save yet. this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's like what bumpers you, you can add. <laughs> what? what did you I said, there's bumpers you can add. <laughs> what? No, the way you said it, you were like, I can't be spending my money like that. You sound like yeah. Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> 
so weird. <laughs> oh my god, I can't uh, like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, there's a lot of visual um, aspects to it, and then it's all like in this. I swear, I, it just feels so '90s for some reason. Like the whole, but it's a good like aesthetic ha- and '90s to it all. Like the presentation just right. feels good. Like there's nothing yeah. really bad. Other than yeah. the audio at some points. Right, right. Because their yeah, engine it, sounds, once you upgrade your engine, you don't really think about it. But in the beginning, it's so, it's it's ear rape. Like the way, uh, like it's, it does not it's sound horrible. Good. Yeah. And even like the way your tires screech is slightly different depending on the tires you have. Um, so even the, like the audio, while you can't really turn down certain things, it's either sound on or sound off. <laughs> Um, they did pay a lot of attention there and that detail, you know, I think goes a long way. I do want to add that my favorite track was the, it's like the, I put here in the notes, dreamy heaven highway. Do you, you know that one? Yeah. The one that's in the sky and it's like loops. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a couple ones too. Every time, like even the Grand Prix one, like all the, all the tracks that were set all the races that were set on those tracks that I liked, they were just cool. Um, and they felt inventive. I guess it's sort of like not a far cry from Rainbow Road and like Mario Kart, which I don't like those tracks because they're fucking hard all the time. <laughs> fucking those annoying. Are, I always lose. <laughs> yeah, I always lose, and I hate it. But yeah, like you know, you. I mean, like you were saying, the tracks you can go, you go to like beachside cities, you know, to cyberspace. There's a cyberspace track. There's one where you're like. You were like in a pl- like little play palace, not a play palace. What would you call it? Like a playpen, and like yeah, yeah. Like you had to like hop on like a domino and shit. Yeah, like, it's yeah. It plays up the aspect that you're like tiny cars, you know. Even though like I guess in the real world you're not, because everything is like to scale. But when you're when you go to that level, it's like everything's giant, so you feel like a tiny car. Yeah. Um. So there's like really fun levels, and yeah, they were like. Yeah, really just they stood out. And I feel like for a racing game, that is probably enough. Have fun cars to uh choose, like you know, give me a bunch of cars. Yeah. And then have good tracks. And that I feel like a racing game really only needs those two things to be like a good racing game. And then you know, yeah, and it, it succeeds because the bodies they get way more wacky the more you unlock. Yeah. And I like that. You, I always swap between the new wacky ones and stuff, except for the trucks. I hate trucks. So, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I had any of the trucks really. But I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the present, the presentation? Not because it's an aesthetic that's just like it's nice. Oh, like it's it's pleasing. It's a very pleasing aesthetic and a very pleasing feel and look to everything. But it, I can see what you mean, where it feels like a Saturn game. I think what's interesting too is the music. The music is the most obvious part that they were on a budget to me. Yeah, there's a lot of repeating tracks. Well, not only that, but like the sounds that were chosen, I'm like, damn. (laughs) Like, this sounds like like the most generic MIDI thing you could find. They loaded up like Wilton and chose the first. (laughs) Yeah, like like it it was like not mixed. It's all like flat EQ'd. Like, it doesn't sound like. I don't know. I feel like they could have done more with the music, but the music, some of it is catchy. There was like the Jurassic levels specifically. Yeah. There's a track yeah, yeah. on there that I'm like, hey, this this gets. 
<laughs> this, is, this goes. This bumps in the whip. This fucking bumps. Can you bump it in the whip? <laughs> no, I, it, it was good. I really, I don't know. Like it was, you know what beat or what beat, what fucking song was fucking fire it was the intro song. In like we, you know, when oh, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's a great one. I'm just like, damn, that that's yeah. It sounds like something that would be, or that I guess you would like, but also that would be like on, um, like in our repertoire of music that we use for <laughs> back of the rack and stuff. For the outros, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, which we'll probably use one of them, but if we could find the fun, uh, the the soundtrack, um. What did you think about yeah. the uh, gameplay about it, about the game? Do you want to jump into gameplay? Fine, fucker. We'll do that. <laughs> Just because this is a part for me that I was like, as you were telling me about it, I was like, thank you. He has the same thoughts as me. That's all that matters. Please. <laughs> that's, that's all the, um, yeah, gameplay. What, yeah, why don't you, well, I guess you, could, you, you kind of described what you felt about it. But do you have anything else to say? Because it sounds like your experience was sort of like bogged down by its uh, like obtuseness or whatever. Um, which I think in our last episode we talk about you know just modern sensibilities um, ruin our way our our uh, our capability to enjoy games, old games, and I feel like that still plays into this game right into here. this game. For yeah. you, more specifically, me, like, I, I don't know. I think it was more elite. I, I think guess you because might have I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that too, and I think <laughs> yeah. it's because I wasn't expecting it. So the more I played, the more I was like, "Oh, okay." They keep at because when I started, I didn't expect the crazy story. I I knew you were saying it was a car RPG, but I didn't expect to what extent we were getting it or. Yeah. When you will, I would do the events and then shit would happen and I'm getting these items and I'm like, whoa, what is this for? Like trying to figure out how to get to the Grand Prix. Then once I got to the Grand Prix, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. This is a big difference of gameplay styles. Like I actually have to care about HP. Yeah. I have to it care was- about like how many laps I do, how, how my partner is doing, like boxing people out for them. Like it was a, a huge stark change. In gameplay, and I like that. I like that everything that I was doing kept adding on more, and I, I felt like every time I played, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm really liking this." And I think it was a good four to five because I played this. We started playing this one in December, and I knew for like a week I wasn't going to be able to play it, so I no life did for a week. And when I came back. Because right before I left, I think that's when I unlocked Grand Prix and crafting. And I was like, yo, this game just keeps getting crazier and crazier. But I liked it. And I was like, I like all the systems. I like crafting. I like the way that shit moved. I like the way that you felt when you progressed, when you bought a new engine or you bought new tires and the immediate gratification you felt when doing it in an actual race. But when I came back and I played it for another week, the same way I played it beforehand, I felt locked in because I couldn't progress the Grand Prix because I I had all the best stuff that you could buy at this point. And I felt like I could I could not even get close to fifth or sixth place at this point, even with all my upgrades. And then 
I was trying to find crafting material. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I just got to craft a little bit. And if I craft, then I can get some better things and progress in the race and progress in the story. But I was kind of like, like the bouncer for like the end game content just popped up and said, nah, bro, not no more, bro. And just stopped me. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? And I think that's, I was going to say that too. I think I burnt myself out mentally and physically when it came to this game because of me wanting to experience all the content and not being able to experience. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, this is a game that you're not supposed to merit. Like, you're not supposed to sprint. You're supposed to marathon this game. You're supposed to play this in the background. Yeah, you're supposed to pace yourself. Like, if I could re- replay this game... I would have did the events more because I was just racing. I was just racing, 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 buying shit, not giving a fuck about the events. Like, eh, who cares about the events? But then I realized, oh, no, you're supposed to be doing the events and going around the town way more than you are supposed to be racing. And if I was doing that, I probably would have paced myself better and just like you were just getting the Grand Prix and being like, oh, OK, cool. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. But I think that's all it is to it. I I really enjoyed the game. I I do want to circle back. I mean, we are talking about gameplay, but I just want to circle back to what you were saying, which was how much or how long your play sessions are supposed to be for this game. And I feel like with any sort of RPG game that sort of has like, you know, quests and like you kind of have to explore a little bit and maybe you don't know what to do or you're stuck on a boss battle. So you have to like take a break. I think this game has all those and like you play it you know, at your leisure, it's, it could become repetitive, this game. Um, But also, because what I did was I would play it, I would do a couple things, you know, get a couple of quests out of the way, maybe do a job or two, um, do a lot of rate, do a couple races and get money and then, you know, get new parts, and then sort of like move up that way. And there was a good enough variety for a racing game, mind you. Like, there's a good enough like variety where I was like satisfied, and I would leave, and I would come back. And there's a couple parts like right now with the Grand Prix that we both didn't, you know, finish because it's, <laughs> it's so difficult. It's just so hard. It was just like I would play maybe three hours at a time, and I think that was like a good, like. I think that's a good normal amount to play a game like this. Yes. Whereas like maybe st- like our last game, Save Emergency, I could probably only play that for like an a- 30 minutes to an hour before I'm like. All right. I'm turning this shit off. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. Um, Or maybe the game before that, which was. Uh, Batman. Batman. Like, or Indivisible, you know, if you technically. Yeah. Yeah. In short bursts, you know. um. No, I think I know lifed indivisible for a little bit. I think I jumped back. Yeah. So actually, indivisible was a little piece of trivia. I started it, and then I just picked up. You just picked up where you left off. Yeah, because oh, you started though. Yeah, I started. <laughs> yeah, I didn't restart it just for this fucking. Pop. Oh, I was like, oh, well, because I just I remembered it so vividly, like the beginning. I was like, well, I don't. I mean, it's it was yeah. still early on. But yeah, like I would play maybe an hour, two hours of Indivisible at a time. Uh, and I would jump into other things. Because I think with games that we play, especially when it's not a game, like when it's 
not a game you've ever played or a game I've ever played. You kind of have to like give it that time to breathe because like when you're f- when you're forcing yourself to play a game, to finish it or to do anything like that, I think any game becomes like, well, I don't know what's like like I don't know what to do like um Second Sight, I remember was kind of like that for me and I learned quickly. I'm like, okay, I can't play games like this anymore. Because that was your choice, right? And so you had played it, and so you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It. So I already, then, yeah, I knew what to do a little bit. So I was like, all right, I, I know how this game's gonna make me act. So I need to think. <laughs> like that. I know how. I know I need yeah. to look at this dumbass computer and shit. Like, yeah, and and it was only a six, seven hour game, and like I, I was took like, double. I just, yeah, I was like, I just cannot fucking just handle this right now because I was like forcing myself to play it for longer than I needed to, and um just the frustration the- of not progressing was taking right. a toll on your overall impression of the game yeah i feel like that happens a lot so it's hard to be fair sometimes to these games but i do understand like with the gameplay like the racing is fun and i think that like i was mentioning physics would make it better but it feels good uh, especially when you get like the better parts and like you're turning and it just feels right there are times where you're fucking bouncing around like a fucking basketball and just like I'm like, what is going on? Like I wasn't sure, like, especially like with stairs. Oh, it was a wrap. Yeah, there's a couple of like, stairs where you just <laughs> just fucking just fly. I'm like, wait, what is that? No, now I'm in last place. Have did you unlock um, the um the underground races? What no? underground races so there's a guy in nyang town that you talk to and he's like it's tough races i think they're called and he would be like hey bro give me like 50k and then you give him 50k and he's like are you gonna tell anybody and you're like no and then he's like all right but you can do tough races now and they're like tough they're like all races where all the cars are black and you have to do these tracks and they literally will like go out of their way to hit you and like They'll ram into you. They'll slam you. They'll slam on their brakes. Like they just do annoying shit. Oh but it's a really fun race. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's novel enough for like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's just certain races like that where I think about them and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Because see, I want to rephrase that to where I make it sound like I'm not liking this game or that my opinion was jaded by the fact that you know I had played this for long burst hours. I think more or less what my I I think it's the same sentiment that I have of like playing old warrior schemes where it's like I know it could be better because I have mm. proof. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I played better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've I've played Dynasty Warriors 7. I know it could get better. Yeah. And Did you did you not play Dynasty Warriors 8? No. You've been okay, over this. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like cuz you always mention 7. I'm like but eight is so much better. <laughs> eight is seven XL XL. <laughs> uh, but nine is so much better. No, okay. Oh, speaking <laughs> of which, Dynasty Warriors Nine Empire is coming out. Um, are you gonna pick that up? February. Nah, you're not gonna pick it up. Nah, I wait on it. I learned my lesson. I still need to play yeah, regular same. nine. I'll just I wait on it. I learned my lesson with uh, Samurai Warriors Five. You know what's funny? I actually put that in my PlayStation 5 today and I played it and I was like, wow, this shit is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, on PlayStation 5, yeah, I can only imagine. Um, I guess all the DLC. Smoother, right? 
No, this is season pass. Because you know how, like, you couldn't find, like, the ultimate weapons and shit like that? It was just so weird to unlock. So, like, mm-hmm. they give away ultimate weapons as DLC for, like, the season pass. And well, I you, did. You bought the season pass? Yeah, it was, like, with the pre-order bonus, I think, or some shit. I swear. I don't know how I got it, but I had the season pass. Unless I paid for it. Maybe. Maybe I did. I don't fucking know. And oh. a couple of the DLC missions are really fun. They really add a bunch to it. I, I dig it. I dig it. And, but that's up. how I feel with Choro Q. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> but that's how I feel with Choro Q, where I'm like, yeah. I feel like I feel like they made another one after this one that's better. What's okay? What's really weird? Well, let me back up. I don't, I don't want to jump into that just yet. Okay, so just back to gameplay. Uh, basically, you're in the garage, kind of like I mentioned earlier, and you can select races or you can look at your letters that people around the town will send you depending on if you've interacted with them or if you haven't on the, and depending on the time of day. And f- from that point, you kind of just drive around town and – you know, maybe you'll get a letter from one of the characters saying, hey, go to this place for that. Um, or I heard there's something at the old, you know, house by the river or by the ocean. And but he's only there at n- like like during the night. So there's always like some w- like weird quirk and you kind of have to like play around with when to go. So you're like driving around. Um, there's shops around the town, too, um, that you can enter. And then once you enter the shop, it becomes available in your garage as a Internet like uh you could just buy whatever you from your garage instead yeah. of having to go there. But you can't buy like specific like mascots, like little dangly things that you can hang yeah. on the side of your car. You can't <laughs> buy it. those. those cool. So, um, yeah. And then obviously when you do quests, you can either get money or sometimes I'll give you a part. Um, and sometimes I give you CDs and I didn't even get a CD player yet. I don't even know where to get one. You go to the first part shop. You have to physically go to the first part shop. Under mascots, really? it's a car radio. You can buy that Shit. and equip okay. it, and then you can, yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they'll give you CDs, um, and I guess there's maybe some bangers on there. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go back and check it out. Maybe I but, should race a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's sort of the gameplay loop. You're kind of just going around town, and then you're going to whatever maybe a letter says, and then you're maybe doing some races because there's cups. And they're sort of arranged by tier. So it's like, oh, the Sunrise Cup or something is like level three races. Yeah. And it just kind of lets you know, like, okay, these are easier. And then it gets a little harder. And then you're looking essentially to join a team for the Grand Prix. And then um, once you do so, you are given a whole new menu in your garage, a whole new item to select. It lets you sort of pick who you want to race with, what strategy you guys are going to use during the race. And um, you just have to sign what, up a month in advance, so you have a whole month to prepare. Yeah, and you have like what equipment they'll use and stuff. So that already like opens up a whole. Like, it's Giant far more deep. Worms. Yeah, it, it's really deep. And sometimes I was like, "Shit, I don't." That's I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's hard. <laughs> then when you Shit. get into the race, at first I thought I was like, when you first do the first race, and it's like five laps on this long ass track, and you're like, "Okay, I finished that race." I was like, "Okay." That was that was a good that was a fun Grand Prix because it unlocks like your chassis and your tires have a life bar and you have these pit stops that you have to go through to refill it. And you have to manage like, do I go in this pit stop at this point or do I keep holding out while I survive and driving incorrectly or 
spinning yeah. out, it messes or bumping into people, it messes up your damages you more. And then you yeah. finish that first grace and you're like, okay, cool. That was a nice fun Grand Prix. What's my prize money? No, that's just the first of five yeah, races. Yeah. <laughs> I think the game here, uh, it really teaches you like, okay, so you're going to go into the race, you're going to get some sort of reward right after. And the reward for each race increases exponentially. And so you're kind of used to like, okay, I come in first, I get the top prize, you know. And then when you go into the Grand Prix, it changes the game or rather makes it deeper. So like not only it's like, okay, you have to take everything you learned, but now you kind of have to choose proper tires that might last longer. Now you have to pay attention to what chassis you have, how much damage it takes. And then you have to manage all that along you with your You also have to members. manage your teammate. You have to make sure they get a higher point because it's not just based on... It's like Mario Kart where it's like... It's I a have total to, score. Yeah, I have to get points. My teammate also has to get points. So I have to make sure he's well-equipped so that he gets also a higher position in the rank so that we go up. Yeah. It's, just it's a team effort for sure. And I mean, that's not unlike, you know, real Grand Prix racing with teams. But um, they do it... I don't know. It was I appreciated it. It was done well. I don't play racing games through and through like that to know like, oh, well, this is a common thing they do. But I liked it. It was cool. And then, you know, racing feels good. Those those Grand Prix races are way too hard. And, and way too I spent, long. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. You're spending 20 minutes on one track and it's you just like 25 laps. <laughs> my <laughs> control, my the grip I had on my controller. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot anymore. <laughs> But yeah, it was fun and they're tense, you know, and it's just like oh, it really shit. does give you the fucking... feeling of like, oh, I'm signing up for a grant. Like this is yeah. the race. Like you feel it after yeah. playing it. Yeah. And it feels deserved too. everybody's like congratulating you. You have this best friend that sort of follows you through some of the races. And uh, he comments, you know, on you being, you know, well, I guess finding a team and um, it's just it's it's fun and it feels like a little like a little adventure, a little car adventure. But yeah, I think I think more importantly, it feels fun to play. And unlike something like State of Emergency, where it's like, this is all there is, this game offers so much in the way of rewards, in the way of making you feel like your car is now better than it was before. Because when you, know? you first start out, you're like, ah, I can barely get first place. But then you buy yeah. like an engine upgrade and you can immediately see the improvement of your speed as you fly through people. Yeah. It's it's really yeah, it feels great. And that I nominate this game for back of the rack of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, early into it. We get a little too <laughs> early here, guys. Whoa. So uh yeah, I think that's kind of all I ha- really have to say about the gameplay aspect. I don't I will I do have some nitpicks that I can think of. One is when you're driving around town and you actually run into people. It's so annoying. I'm like, why? Why would they have it where you just touch them? It begins a whole dialogue. And then sometimes you're trying to get the fuck away from them and they keep touching you and you're like, yeah, or like you move. Yeah. Like I'm like, what? Uh, I wish to the I wasn't a huge fan of like the top down view. You know, I wish it was like behind me. Third person. Yeah. Like just like the. Which it can be because, like, they had a lot certain of certain events uh, and stuff. Yeah, certain events and certain um, jobs, uh, which, yeah, it would be a third person view of the town, which I feel like was just more immersive. I really wonder why they chose that view for just like the town navigation. 
Um, the map, I think, was confusing at first. So you have the map in the right corner, and you kind of ha- like it doesn't change with when you're facing north or whatever. So it's easy to get lost on like where you are relative to where you need to be on the map. And you can so press you R1 like, to open up an actual map that shows where each thing is, but it's also like a, static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's static. So you have to like map, you have to like, okay, so that guy's house is there. Press R1 to, you know, like make the map go away. And then you have to look at the little mini map to be like, okay, wait, where am I That's at in relation idea. to that? Yeah. So it was, a, it was a little annoying to navigate, but once you were around town enough, you're like, okay, I know, I know where that landmarker. Is. Yeah, I know. Okay, so that's closer to that. Yeah, um, but I, I like with like some of the older towns or the newer towns. I, I was like, fuck this, especially yes. Nyaki. I was just like, I, I don't care where any of this is because <laughs> <laughs> having a shit, you can't even go in anyway, in Nyaki. So it's like, yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, gameplay aspects, all the mini games were. Everybody say ass. I was gonna say half ass, but they were fun. Like obviously they couldn't like do them. much. No, yeah, they no 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 no. Here, give me, give me. Like they're <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> like they're they're all like uh, they're all like clearly it's a racing game, so they can't do much outside of being drive able your to car. Drive, drive your car. And that's like the main thing. So they're not going to invest all this time into it because they have a fishing game in it. And it's just like it's bare bones as fuck. And like um, they have a. They have a couple of side jobs that you can do. One of them like is like the a garbage firefighter. Man. You can't like aim the fire to put out the fire. You just kind of got to just stand there and go, is it right? <laughs> is it working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a delivery service one. Uh, there is the haunted a house, which yeah, patrol game sort of thing, and it's all like based around driving. Um, and it's kind of cute, especially with like some of the like you know fishing. You're like a little car, and you're like finding the spot. You, you just want, got a pole, pole, like, yeah, <laughs> attached to your bumper. The haunted house. You're driving around a house, and like the <laughs> doors are opening. It's just funny because you're like a little car. Uh, but it, I don't know. I think it really added. Those mini games, although they were half-assed, like they added so much to like breaking up what could be a otherwise monotonous, like just story or um, gameplay experience. Because I was so excited, like obviously, like the racing is fun, but you know, the events you do it over and over. more than the races after a while. Yeah, because it's like, oh, what, what is, what is this game? Oh, it's like a at the plant. This, oh, okay, what is it like? And they yeah. were just so random, like the one where you go to the lab. And there's the he's like, oh, oh hey, and you have to like you? do the yeah. thingies. It's just I don't like, even know what they're called. It's like like mini games, but like they're not they're not random. As in, like it's like, oh, this feels misplaced. Like it just feels. They all like, feel like oh, they have a place, but they all yeah. they they're very distinct in each one. Like very. the harbor, having to race all the way down the harbor as fast as you can, and then stopping. Stop. Before, yeah, playing chicken. Yeah. So there's a lot of that fun stuff and. I don't know. I think it's excellent overall. Like I don't know how else to put like like the the gameplay. Um if it wins you over, it wins you over. Like if you like yeah. like it's very charming and if it wins you, it's got you. It's got it's got its grips on you. It's got yeah. you by the balls like Cat Williams <laughs> and Friday after next. 
<laughs> I think I think it I think if you have if you're a casual racing fan and if you like RPGs, I think there's no reason why you wouldn't love this game. Yeah. Like I feel like this game will be a lot more fun with the context of like I can just play it whenever. I can figure this out. Uh yeah, I'll look that up, see if I can figure out what this synthesize was. Oh yeah, figure that out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Well, it sucks too because like you have to play the game before you get like, like before you, um, before we you know record the podcast. So it does a lot of the time, and it sucks because you know we also want to give these games a second chance or a fair shake, or you know shed light on if they're you know great games or maybe they're not. But you want to be fair to them. But it's like you have the pressure of finishing it before a certain time, and then you know. Um, uh, just writing about it, and then you're just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it really affects how much enjoyment you can get out of the game itself when it's like you're on some sort of time budget, um, and then also, you know, yeah, you, like yeah. So I, I don't know. Those things affect it heavily. Um, and I, I really don't think we have to talk about story for yeah, this because what story, right? It's yeah. Like- I mean- <laughs> I mean, there's a story, but like it's like state of emergency where it, it's there, but it's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I would say it was more. It's definitely more engaging, more in your face for sure. But it's fractured, and I I like the way you put it in the document where, um, you know, like there's some scene. It's lopsided. Like some scenes can be really good and move you to tears, and then others feel more contrived. Um, which is basically you know because you have random events that are connected to or or separated from the story. So like when you go to a random house and talk to somebody, they might have something interesting that might resonate with you um, or not, you know, and you're just like, that was stupid or that was underwhelming or whatever, but it was, it's fun. And I think, I think spoiling some of those moments for you guys would sort of lessen any impact. If you guys were to play this game at all, which I don't even know, but um, I will say one standout for me was, I have two. You got two. That, oh. Yeah, that I can oh. think of. The first oh. one is the the time machine, the going back in time. That was really cool. I like that one. That's where I got the double ex- wings from. Because I, yeah, 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 I didn't expect that at all, and it was again, it's like so thoughtful, and but and by that I mean like they created a whole gameplay element around it, and then you actually go back to like the Stone Age, and then you're like exploring for a little bit. You know, oh well, well let, me, let me back up and explain. So, in the middle of your hometown, there's a fountain, and there's this guy who's just like, yeah, um, you know, I have a theory that if you go around this a couple times, you know, you can travel back in time, and like, you just don't think that you're like, you're like, like okay, whatever, yeah, so like, about? okay, like, like you're just trying to be quirky, like it's just like you know they're writing, okay, this is a guy who whatever, but then like he's like, yeah, do you want to try it? And you're like, okay. okay. So it takes you to a whole like little race event, you know, um, and you just driving around it 10 times, you know, and then it just transport you back to like this fucking essentially that uh, town. But like, I don't know, 500 years ago or something. And it's just like this stone block. And like, it's it's pretty it's crazy. It's bonkers. But it's just though. but it's just like, what? I'm that's actually so mad cool. because that's the one event that I did that I wasn't recording. And it made me so mad. Cause that, <laughs> when I did it, I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And then, 
Yeah. I looked over. I was like, oh, I'm not recording right now. <laughs> it's too late. Well, you you could do it again, though. You know that, right? You could go back. You could just just talk to him again, and then he'll you can go back again. Oh, say yeah, less. Yeah, uh, yeah. What was your favorite event? Oh wait, two. Um, my second one was uh, the haunted house little story thing. I was going to say my haunted house was my favorite event. Oh, okay. Just because that's the one event where they wanted you to drive slow and they made you drive slow. Every other <laughs> event where they want you to drive slow, they just like, oh yeah, you got your full racing engine in here, like the towing mini game where it's like, yeah, oh, you got to drive God, two miles an hour. I can't with a tap I- of an X button. I go <laughs> seventy. <laughs> It's My, not pressure sensitive. What do you mean? You I immediately me go 100 miles when I press X. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those ones were good. Uh, I feel like there are some other ones, but I can't. I should have wrote them down. There are some other like little charming ones. I like the one that you were just talking about that with the ghost lady or whatever. The cake ghost cake story. Yeah, that was a great. That was that was the one that immediately made me go like, oh, because at first I was just doing it. I was like, eh, whatever. But then yeah. that's the one I did. And I was like, oh, let me see what else these have to do. Because this that's really cool. I like that one. Yeah. There's the other story, too, of, like, the guy. He's, like, he clean, um, he's like a steamroller or something, but he cleans your car. Oh, and yeah. Like, and then you, like, donate him the money. <clears throat> yeah. Like, little things like that really brought, uh, like, level of character and charm to the whole game. Because it's just like, oh, some guy sitting there. And then, like, you hear about him. And you... Go it's get your a, shit shined. A hobo car. Just like, let me shine yeah. your shoes. Give me $5. <laughs> I'll shine your shoes. Yeah. And then you. it turns out that he has like this rare book that this politician wants. And then like you give. I don't know. It's just like a cool sequence of events. I was like. This, I didn't this expect that. More, yeah. This feels <laughs> like. These are. This is a. It felt like a real world because they all. There's like a whole political system. There's like an embassy. There was like a museum. Like there's like so many. Yeah, you hear gossip like, in like the bars and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the story. Yeah, the story is just overall the story is pretty pretty basic, but like the little stories and quests within, um, really make the whole adventure feel feel good. Yeah. Dare I say better than those? Yeah, I, I would say they're better than Final Fantasy XII. This is quest. <laughs> <laughs> all right now let me let me let well, me to uh, be fair to be fair final fantasy 12's quests are pretty um they're pretty lackluster i would say if it's not a hunt, oh, yeah, that's what that's what i'm saying yeah yeah like non-hunt side quests were very like i forgot that exists like the right like the one where it's the what's the bunny people's name again i forgot but it's like one of the bunny girls the and yeah, there's a Vieira girl, and she like is in every town, and she's trying to like find a man to date, and you like help her out, like that yeah. side quest. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely just as good as Final Fantasy XII for sure, um, and that's impressive because this is a twenty dollar budget uh, car PG, and that's Buy Final some... Fantasy XII. <laughs> <laughs> that cost that costs so much money, I'm sure, to make, and looks ten times better than this game, so. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what some of the reviewers were saying on the web back then. So you want to read them? I'm going to read the entire. Um, I'm going to read the entire IGN review right now. 
What? How long is it? How? It's not that long. It's not that long. It's like four okay. paragraphs. All right. Well, let's let's read the short ones first. Let's read the I'll short read ones. Let's go ahead. Okay. Read the short ones first. So, uh, looks like we got a couple. One from One Up, Game Spot, and Game Zone. I don't think I've ever heard of Game Zone. Um, so let's see. All right. The game has a certain amount of charm, but at times feels like The Sims only, with mo- with automobiles as avatars and racing as the day job. There are glitches in the graphics and an AI that goes from passive to cutthroat in a hurry. If you are looking for a racing game, there are better ones on the market. If you're looking for a game that has charm and some RPG elements, this may be worth a look. 6.7. Um, Honestly, like, his his, his score, I would agree with it. 6.7, waning towards more of a 7. I could feel that. But this is a very, (sighs) like, eh, I don't want to say eh game. Let me rephrase it. It's a very, yeah, you know what I mean? I would say... I would give it an eight, and I I agree with the sentiment of you're looking if you're looking for a racing game, there are better ones on the market. But I don't think that's the point. I don't think that's the point of this game. To, yeah, it wasn't trying to compete with the rest of the race. Party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is this is literally a game. its own thing. Its own thing, which it's I like feel saying... like. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying Dynasty War. If you're working for a beat 'em up. There's other good yeah. beat em ups on the system. Exactly. It's like no Dynasty War. It's just, it's his own thing, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. So I feel like, uh, no, that's kind of its own. Um, and then he says there are glitches in the graphics. Did you run into any glitches? Aside from like the my car fucking fucking out, up everywhere. Maybe I don't think that was a glitch. About. That might be what they're talking about. I don't. Yeah. Know. Because it did feel a little like buggy. Like I don't know if my car's supposed to be fucking clipping through. Yeah, because if you like flip around. off one like one station, you might go like oh, and you, <laughs> and you have no control too once you're out. <laughs> you're once just, you're in there, you're just fucking gone. All right, let's read uh, game spots. Uh, without the context provided by the line of toy cars to fall back on in the U.S., Toro Q comes across as a quirky, cutesy racing game with poor graphics and even poorer racing mechanics. The purported RPG elements do at least provide a somewhat unique structure for the game, but they don't add a lot of appreciable depth to the experience. The racing genre has evolved in some significant ways over the past few years, but Choroku seems like it's just been spinning its wheels. Wow. I didn't read that one beforehand, so I'm... Uh, You're a little bit shocked? Appalled? Yeah, quirky, cutesy game with poor graphics, even poorer racing mechanics. The purported RPG elements do at least. Yeah, that's, I mean. I mean, that's really like, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's really how, like you were saying, how it feels like a PlayStation's game, PlayStation 1 yeah. game. Like, that's really how it feels like. And looking at the evolution of Toroku Games video, it seems like they haven't really changed much. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they've sort of stayed in their pocket. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, you only really have to improve the racing mechanics, but I'm also not a... I don't know that they're... that To say poor graphics and poor racing mechanics, because I would say... I mean, the game feels good to play, for sure. I don't know. Like, to race around and stuff. It doesn't feel like ass. And it's also weird because the cars are shorter and stockier. So, right. you don't get... I don't think you get a lot of the complexities you do when you get, like, a... 
you know, one-to-one scale car. Yeah. yeah, that has like, you know, the weight and like, oh, well, I want to turn here. So, you know, you kind of, I don't know. But um, yeah, I we haven't played any of the other games. So maybe this guy has. So to say something like Chorokyu seems to like, um, seems like it's been spinning its tires or spinning its wheels. I guess it's sort of like the Dynasty Warriors argument as well. Like, Where it's like, know, it's uh, the nine, same shit, bro. When they gone, yeah. when the Mongolians yeah. going to attack. And then, and then nine comes in and then fucking <laughs> does its, uh, I guess, changes up the formula to some degree, but in the worst like, possible way. I don't way. like that. Go back. <laughs> it was mainly the combat that really made Dinosaur Warriors 9 so ugly. They changed that. So, and they, they yeah, I don't know why. But uh, this is a review from 1UP. If all Choro Q intended to do was to offer something new to drive, its quick race mode satisfies that count. A few laps could easily lull you into the misimpression that this was just a simple but serviceable little racer aimed at the kids' market. You would never expect that the that starting the story mode would open the door to a toy story of expansive proportion. But like a Pixar film, the refusal to take a dumbed-down approach delivers a smart, sophisticated adventure that elevates Choroku well above the ordinary. From humble beginnings of selecting a starting body sp- Springs you springs your story as a young Chorokyu into a toy fantasy world with dreams of rising to the top of the racing circuit. That's that's great. I, I like that. <laughs> that's I like how that. I yeah. That one's good, and that's the one I would agree with because I'm so partial. Because that's how I that's how I came to find out in this. Like yeah, like he's saying. Um, you know, you could have the misimpression that this is just like a simple but serviceable racer aimed at the kids market but then you jump into that fucking story mode and it's like holy shit wow this what is, is this yeah, yeah this, you know so i guess it depends on what maybe you're going into and it just hit me right now but the cars are called choro q i don't even fucking called, yeah they are called choro q that, that's the race I that was just like I thought that was just yeah exactly <laughs> i didn't i thought that was just like the name of like the franchise the big race like, like uh yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be but the like, king of Chorokus or some shit. But to say like a young, I think they do mention that too in there a couple times. And I was like, wait, what? Why are they saying the game's name? But yeah, I guess you you are you're not a car, you're a Choroku. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and read the IGN one. <clears throat> oh man, you ready for this one? <laughs> About to tear your uh, childhood a new one. Subtitle: This game is garbage. It's not often what? that IGN editors will gather around a single desk to gaze in a horrified wonder at a game so preposterously awful that it actually capable of annihilating sentient life. This particular black hole of a PlayStation 2 title happened to be Choroku, the thousandth title in a series of other unfathomably lame Choroku games. Right now, it's sucking the universe and bending light. Choroku is a cosmic harpy. It attracts its feeble prey with its lustrous use of all three primary colors, twanging bleeps and blangs and disproportionate animated cars that talk and say totally useless things like we and kazao. Once you've been caught in this charm, Choroku unwraps his hooks, tentacles, and latches onto the very fabric of life that binds your spirit to your body. Then it starts to rip and tear like a crocodile rolling in a river with a buffalo's throat between its jaws. It's a car RPG. That means that Choroku forces players to meander over some perfunctory towns so that they can build themselves up with new parts and converse with other cars. Unfortunately, it's a waste of time, and the characters that can be spoken with often provide absolutely zero interest. Sadly, the gameplay follows suit, and it seems like 
developing an exciting and decent driving game took the backseat to the role-playing elements. Um, Is that it? I'm not going to... No, I'm, no, there's like three more paragraphs. <laughs> I was scrolling and there, there was just a random-ass <laughs> screenshot that just scared the fuck out of me. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> Here's how it works. You wander around town, speak to baffling, stupid car habitants of your crappy cars field and pick a race or two. Most of the conversations you'll have are literally pointless, as in without a point. There are times where you park at a house and be loaded into a brief, non-interactive cutscene just to see something like there's no one here. If you're lucky enough to speak to people, you might get something like, hi, that's about as riveting as it gets. Did I mention the interface? It's poorly designed and is, well, Garbage, quite frankly. How about those graphics? These poorly done, way behind technology curve. Unfortunately, the sound is just as medieval with nearly a memorable song or sound effect worth remembering. And the racing? Oh, and the racing? Excuse me for saying so, but Choroku has one of the dumbest racing systems ever. Possibly the dumbest. Pole position on Atari was a better planned racer. Choroku starts off painfully slow. Then, with the help of all the car upgrades and stuff, you eventually get up to golf cart speed, which is where the game really picks up, regardless of whether or not you're moving slow or fast. However, you'll like your tuning. You'll never like the tuning. It seems like the left and right directions are still a mystery that lies somewhere between the scope of Choroku's design. What other way is there to put it? If you want to know what a box of suck looks like sitting on your shelf, buy Choroku. <clears throat> what the fuck that's <laughs> what i'm saying bro <laughs> what i pulled that shit up hell? i was like what the fuck ign damn that was i feel like there was not you know i i'm not one to not listen to another's point of view on something but i feel like there was not a solid um it was very biased like there was not a so, yeah like a solid argument at all in there as to like aside from like using adjectives like you know crappy town it's like well what makes it crappy you know or like well why like he didn't explain well what makes the racing bad like just like well um you know saying that it starts slow you know it's like that was the only thing where i'm like okay well i could see why some but lots of good games start slow lots of great racing games. So, most great racing games start slow yeah like didn't describe like yeah there was not i mean i feel like it could have really like like if he had any good arguments, he could have like actually dismantled it, and maybe even convinced me. Like, oh yeah, you're right. But like all that ass. was all that was just sound like someone that was angry about the game, and that nah, that boy it. didn't buy tires first. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he that did boy not. didn't buy tires and steering first, and he was like, Ugh. yeah. But I guess he did make a good point about like sometimes you would go into a house and no one's there, and you just like the cutscene plays out, and it's like. Oh, what the fuck was okay. the point of that? Yeah, you could have yeah, just told or, me that before I walked in. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah, no one's home, but like, you know, as you're trying to enter, but it says like no one's home. Um, and yeah, some some of them do say dumb things, but that's every RPG. If you talk to everybody, some yeah, people if you are go into like, every town, then I mean, if you go into every house in every JRPG town, there's going to be some someone's... people that just say a hundred years ago this happened in this <laughs> lake. You yeah. like, okay, what the fuck? You got yeah. something nice? <laughs> yeah, like Nana never lets me play by the river, so I just play by the barrel <laughs> just like <laughs> stupid basic some random shit. kid and he's just yeah exactly yeah like <laughs> you know like so i don't know it's just like okay well i don't know but yeah that was harsh i'm glad you read that yeah because I, I read that and i was like yo <laughs> um yeah so i think 
as we're wrapping up here, I want to just bring this back to the idea of, which we haven't really touched or weaved into what we were talking about too much, but that's just the the question of, do Japanese games, um, were they more willing to experiment with uh, this these sort of genres? Like, there's not, I don't think at the time there was that level of like Harvest Moon and Mario Kart put together. You know, like that's that's a pretty like to mix those things together. And Harvest you know, Moon and was already it, niche on its own as well, too. Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. It, it was. It was like and it's I don't even think it's I mean, I guess it's Animal st- Crossing is still niche, I guess. Now, I mean, Animal Crossing, I feel like Animal Crossing, Harvest Moon, like all those games, they wouldn't have been as successful as they are now if it wasn't for the success of Minecraft. Because that allowed for people to say, oh, I'm going to just farm or I'm going right. to just craft and build. And those games allow you to just craft and build or just farm. And that opened up a world to... Why did the green screen just scare the shit out of me? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, are you all right? Bro, that shit just scared the fuck. I just turned around. I was like, what the fuck? Who is that? <laughs> Like Minecraft was played by billions of people, so like yeah. everybody's been like, "Oh, I'm gonna just y'all go out, y'all go mine. I'm gonna just build a house real quick." I've always thought, and I don't know how true this is, but I've always thought the Japanese games that I played when I was younger were were far more open ended in their like what to do next, like. Yes. They they were never as hand-holdy. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like Persona, like I'm trying to think of like very memorable Japanese games that I've played. Like Persona 3 or No More Heroes. Like Persona 3, they kind of just go, hey, you got until this full moon to figure this shit out. So be prepared. <laughs> or No More Heroes where it's like, you got to get $500,000 to fight this next boss. Figure it out. Like right. there's, there's certain... They allow for more uh, more thought for you, I guess. And it was acceptable to me because I was like, yo, this is some weird ass game where I have a bunch of demon swords and I slash shit. I'm going to keep crafting them and figuring out new combos and abilities with these swords. Never would have thought about that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like what I'm right with an American game, I guess, with a Western style game. Like Days Gone, like I keep bringing up Days Gone, but okay, let's let's go with Days Gone or like Last of Us or mm-hmm. Werewolf. Like stealth games, if you get caught, you fight it out. You know what I'm saying, and then you go back to stealthing about. But Japanese games, like think about Persona Five. That's technically a stealth game, but also a JRPG at the same time. Yeah, it's it, it, there are some like stealth light elements in there <clears throat> for sure and it's they they were willing to experiment or put those things together. I'm trying to think of another like Japanese game and I I feel like we have some but I just can't fucking see my game my list of games. Um but yeah, like there's minimal hand holding it's like here like this is what you're going to do and this is sort of like Dark Souls, the Q, technically, is... Dark, yeah, Dark... Oh, Demon Souls. That's Demon a... Souls, the, yeah. That was like a... What the... F- 
and I've always said this, but Demon Souls essentially to me is like Mario, um, but in a 3D landscape. Because, so Mario, like Super Mario Bros, right? You're moving side to side, attacking enemies in the most efficient way possible to get to your end goal, right? In Demon Souls, you're essentially just moving in a 3D space, but the enemies all appear in the same place. You're trying to dispatch them in the most efficient way possible to get to that end boss. And then you just move on to the next world. So I feel like, I've always felt like Super Mario Bros. and Demon Souls were the same design philosophy, just in different skins and in different uh, a different character view. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously one has heavier RPG elements, but the idea is the same because those those um, those enemies, just like the, the Goomba or whatever, they appear in the same spot every time. And it's your task to like get them for more points because you want the XP and stuff. I think I think Dark Souls or the Soul series innovates with the idea of like, oh well, if you die, you don't get to keep that shit. You have to get back to the same point to like reclaim your souls or whatever. Shit, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Mario is just as brutal, and it's like how hard you got to start the whole level over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean with Dark Souls, yeah, I mean, there's like the bonfire stuff or the, you know, so, um, but I think. Like the simple element of like going through a section, attacking the same enemies, knowing where they're at, knowing what they'll do, yeah, knowing what they'll do, you know. But anyways, I digress. With Choroku, they tell you like, oh, here's this mission, here's this quest, this objective, but it's sort of said in a way, and it could be a translation issue too. But you like you're reading it, and you're like, okay, so I have to do this, okay, and then you try to do that, but it doesn't work. So it's like, okay, maybe I have to come at night, or maybe I have to do something first to trigger this, you know? There's right. a little bit more exploring than just like, oh, hey, go to this guy's house right now and get this. And then from that, he's going to let you get that. And then, like, it's not all this explanation on, like, what to do. Sometimes they don't just, send you a letter. Sometimes you got to just walk into somebody's house and then and yeah, activate Yeah, to trigger the whole, yeah. So it's a little bit more open-ended, a little bit more exploratory. And it's sort of... It's a it's a design that's sort of uh, used to try and get the player engaged in a more inquisitive sense, rather than just like, all right, well, just take me from A to B to C to D. It's like, okay, well, start with A, but you could go to C, but that'll that'll activate quest E, but you won't have what you like. You need have to get need. something from quest B to go to complete E, and then go back to. So it's like very. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. That's how I would, that's how I imagine it or uh, how I would phrase it rather is like that, that design philosophy um, that I feel like Japanese people take more of. But I think this is more true, this statement that they were more willing to do all that in this era, 2004. Like in that era, Japanese games were more willing to experiment with weird shit. Yeah. Now it's like everyone kind of like everyone do doing some weird shit. Indie game. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has like their own thing, like which is great. It's great. But back then, Japanese games were far less straightforward, far more difficult. And I think RPGs in general were just like more brutal. Yeah. This Daiga is and, incredibly hard. Back in the day. Yeah, because well, it has well, yeah, because it has so many there's so much to that game. That's the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. Shit and I was like, bro, this shit is this shit is crazy, bro. 
You got yeah. level nine, 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 nine. Then you can pick him up. You can throw him <laughs> items, spear grenades. Yeah. Super complex. What else do we have to say? Play, play Choro Q, please. Like, I know we say this with like every game on this podcast, except for Batman. But like, seriously, huh? We didn't recommend Batman. I don't think we recommended Batman. I think we both were like, nah, bro, don't stop. <laughs> but Choro Q is one of those games that. Just for its uniqueness alone and for the the idea, even like no matter what, like especially if you're watching this channel, like you're probably into weird. I don't want to say weird games, but interesting games, games that might not be good to you or might not be universally praised to you. But it's a game and it does something interesting and it does something that's unusual that's very intriguing to the normal mind's eye when you play it like choro q when i started playing it i was like like the story mode the events the car rpg elements like everything was like oh this is interesting or i could have put midnight club 3 dub edition in my fucking playstation 2 and played that instead and just raced and not care about the story like can you name the story of any need for speed game other than most wanted other than most wanted i can't even name that one they're ugly and they're very like cringy too exactly that's the thing with art like the, the, racing they lack games. charm but they all are racing laughter. games they, you don't you don't know the story other than i raced i got a better car i upgraded my engine and now i race faster but this game i mean it still follows that same formula yeah but, but you it, are the car <laughs> but you are the car and you, you kind of know it a little bit more it's, it's so interesting to me and i, I like that about that game it's so charming that it makes me want to replay it, but I'm gonna play Road Trip instead and say I'll play. Are Trilogy. you gonna play Road Trip? Yeah, of course, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play well, Seek when? and Destroy. I'm gonna play Seek and Destroy first. We might say oh, yeah, Road Trip me... for just in case we do another episode on the podcast. Yeah, I don't. I feel like it would be too. On our sequel season, yeah. <laughs> we're doing on our sequel season as we. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I guess. Yeah, that's all I have to really say about the game. Let's close this out. Guys, thank you for joining us on this lovely day, MLK Day. Shout out to Martin Luther. Well, to them, it'll be like, what, March? (laughs) Actually, hold on, March. Happy Juneteenth, guys, I guess. I don't know when we're dropping this. Yeah, well, regardless, thanks for joining us. Um, Play the game. It's cheap. Like, you'll spend less than 20 bucks on it now. Uh, it's definitely very unique. Uh, there's a lot of people I know on the on the internet that have very fond memories of it. And uh, it's st- I think it still holds up as a playable title today. Um, because the visual style is so dis- distinct. You don't really play anything like it. You know, it's not like playing... You're not gonna... I mean, you could play Gran Turismo, what, like... Uh, three or something or four on the ps2 but it's like there's already better ones this is a sort of one of a kind thing and road trip is even more so i would say although i just found out that that one is older than than the than choro q so that's confusing to me because uh road trip is somewhat superior from what i remember but uh yeah so make sure you you like share comment let us know how we're doing. Um, 
reach out to us on Twitter. Maybe make a suggestion or you know any comments on if you've played the game or not. And that's kind of it. Any last words, Sandy? Before I eat your you? bananas, <laughs> eat your apples, eat your oranges, eat your fruits, eat your vegetables, and most of all, have a wonderful day. Thank you for watching. We are back of the rack, and you are Choroku. Peace out.